Well, welcome to Grace Point. It's good to see all of you here in person. I also want to take this moment and welcome all those of you joining us online and pray that God blesses you as you join us uh, in that way and make this a sacred moment at home as well as I pray you make it a sacred moment here, those of you who are joining us in person. I want to begin uh, today a little differently. We're going to get into Galatians 4 uh, and continue our series from Galatians called Building Blocks. Uh, But before I get into the message, I just want to talk to you. Uh, for a moment on something God's laid on my heart, and I pray that this ministers to you. I think that we're in the middle of a movement of God, but we don't recognize it. Oftentimes in the past, when there's been a movement of God, it's been something like, you know, the Reformation or the Great Awakening or the Jesus People Movement lately or a charismatic movement, and we see these huge crowds and we see all this, you know, kind of, you know, large numbers. But I think what God's doing right now in in the movement that we're a part of right now, it's a purification movement. It's a winnowing kind of movement. It's a, a, you know, dividing the wheat from the uh, chaff kind of movement, you know, where where God is doing something uh, beautiful in his bride. He wants to create a beautiful, spotless bride that can minister well to the world that represents Jesus Christ well. And I, I really think there's a movement like that afoot. And I think if we're fighting that, we're, we're missing what God is trying to do and his intentions for us uh, during this time. And so I want to encourage you during this time to be more reliant on the Holy Spirit than you ever have been. Don't denounce the moment we're in. Instead, begin to ask God, what, what do you want me to do in the moment that I find myself in? How do you want me to live? How do you want me to react? And what, what do you want to do? And become radically committed to being faithful to God. Amen. I think God is calling us as his people right now to be these, these radically faithful followers. And I really believe that what we're going through is for our good and for the good of the world and for the good of the church. And so if we embrace the moment well that we're in, we're going to come out the other side of it, I think, looking more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what we're going to look at today is this radical faithfulness. And that's the frame I'm going to hang this message on that I'm going to share with you from Galatians 4. So our big thought for the message today is simply this. You are to be radically faithful. And I'm going to begin reading from Galatians 4 by backing up a little bit into Galatians 3 and picking up the story in verse 26 because it really goes well with uh, Galatians chapter 4. And we're going to hang everything on this framework of being radically faithful. Okay, are you getting me here today? Are you with me? This is what we're going to look at this morning, and I really feel this is the moment that God has called us to be in. So open your hearts, open your ears to hear what the Spirit wants to share with you uh, today. Here we go, beginning with verse 26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. I like that. I like that enthusiasm. Give you a candy bar afterwards. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were underaged, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. 
Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is wonderful scripture. I want you to realize something here today. I know we're in the middle of this tough time and people are saying, oh, I don't know, why do I have to live through this time and this is so hard and difficult and that seems to be kind of a prevailing thought that's going on right now. We're just gonna hang on and get through the moment but get this, hear this, hear now with your heart what I'm about to tell you. We live in a marvelous time. We live in a time of fullness. Until Jesus came, the law was like this temporary guardian put in charge until the fullness of time when Jesus arrived and God's intention from the foundation of the world was realized that you and I could be saved by faith in Jesus Christ and we get to experience the fullness of time, the fullness of the revelation of God and it's a wonderfully marvelous time to be alive, amen? (laughs) You're not quite sure on that one, are you? Amen? Amen. So you live in the fullness of time. That's point number one. If you want to be a radically faithful person, you need to begin to understand you live in the fullness of time and it's a good time to be alive. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 17. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. They long to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. In Jesus' day, as well as in our day, Jesus wants us to know the significance of being on this side of the cross. We get to see the full revelation of God. We get to understand what God is up to uh, without a filter. We get to see it all, and it's a marvelous time to be alive. And I think sometimes when we're going through some of the things we've gone through recently here as a culture, as a world, we can lose sight us Christ followers, that we live in the fullness of time, and it's a wonderful time to be alive. I know that the COVID-19 pandemic has been a hassle, but listen, listen. Here, this is a word from the Lord. You live in the fullness of time, and it's a marvelous time to live in. As the Old Testament book of Joel told us and promised us, we live in the time where God is pouring out his Holy Spirit on his sons and his daughters, and we get to experience the fullness of being filled with the Holy Spirit and having this intimacy with God. It was like the times before Jesus showed up were like these times of, of, of childhood. It was like a childhood stage. Uh, And we're on this other side of the cross and we get to grow up in our faith and we get to understand what it's all about. We have this fullness of revelation and you don't have to wonder if you can be a son or daughter of God. You can be a son or daughter of God through faith in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in you and you can live an entirely different life and that's cool, isn't it? Well, it's cool to me. As one who understands the fullness of time, we're going to tackle issues entirely differently. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But before I do, I want to talk about implications of the fullness of time. I just have a couple points to share with you here. You have received the full rights of sonship in Jesus. We don't have to fear God. We can come to God and we can cry, Abba, Father, which means Daddy, God. It's a very intimate type of language. This fall... We're going to do this series, as Pastor Ben was talking about, on grown-up faith. And I want to give you just a little bit of a preview here today uh, about what we're going to talk about because it, it fits right into this intimacy thought. 
When we come to God and we want to grow up in our faith, there's basically three things that have to intersect to really be one who experiences growing up faith. I'm going to give you a visual of this and talk about it as I do. Uh, first of all, there's this mind aspect of our being. I think we all know that well. We live in a, a town with a Division I school, and we're into scholastics, and we know knowledge is our friend. Well, it's our friend when it comes to Christ, too. Knowing some things about Jesus is really important. Amen? Amen. That does not make you mature. Knowledge by itself, the Bible says, puffs up. Okay, so knowledge is one leg of becoming a mature follower of Jesus Christ. Then there's this part that we could call the will. Our will needs to align with the Father's will. This is like the hands. This is like the doing part of our life. This part of our life needs to be characterized by holy obedience, okay? So we're not only called to know about God, but we're called to have a will aligning with God's will and be people of holy obedience. Guess what? This intersection here, that's where maturity is beginning to happen. But there's one last area, and that's what was covered here in our Galatians scripture that I just read to you. And this is this intimacy part. This is the heart, all right? You got the heart over here, right? And that's where you experience this oneness with God, and that's possible now through, hopefully I didn't screw Kyle's stuff up there, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can cry out, Abba, Father, guess where maturity is? Right here. When we understand that we grow up in our faith when there's this harmony of mind, will, and heart coming together in full devotion to God. That, my friends, is grown-up faith. And Galatians chapter 4 gets at this one aspect right here, that now because we live in the fullness of time, we can be filled with the person of the Holy Spirit, we can experience true intimacy with God, and our heart can be, you know, given over to full devotion to God, and we can truly say, Daddy, Father, I love you so much. And there's that intimacy. There's that, that genuineness. That's part of grown-up faith. We're going to get to that kind of stuff more this fall, but that was just a little bit of a preview. Second point here is this point B, the Holy Spirit then has been set to live in each follower's heart. Okay, I just want to make that abundantly clear here in your note guide. Those of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ, um, you know, we experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I've, I mentioned this multiple times here over the years I've been uh, doing ministry here at Grace Point, but... We need to be people who know Luke chapter 11, verse 13 really well. And that scripture says this, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will our Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for it? And we're to be followers who say, fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. I want to be a Holy Spirit-driven person. I want to experience that fullness. But that's not the end of it. Today, I'm going to take this a step farther, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But there's not only the filling of the Holy Spirit, but there's some stuff that comes afterwards that's very, very relevant to the times we live in. But before I get to that, let me share a couple more thoughts with you. Years ago, I heard this saying. It's a good saying. We are not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience experience. Amen? Do you see the difference? It's incredibly important to see that difference. We are not physical people who have a God thing going on every now and then. We have been created in the image of our God, and we're meant to reside in this spiritual realm, even though temporarily, what are we doing? We're having a physical experience. 
So now let me get to this whole idea of the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit just being the beginning of the experience that we're supposed to have. I I think a lot of times we tell people, be filled with the Holy Spirit, but then we kind of let it go at that. If we're going to understand how to deal rightly with something like COVID-19, you need to hear what I'm about to share with you today. All right? Um, Because there's a pattern we're supposed to understand. We're supposed to be filled with the person of the Holy Spirit, but then what follows immediately after that usually is testing and trials. And we're supposed to rejoice because these drive us to depend on the person of the Holy Spirit. And then we get to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. This is precisely what happened with Jesus Christ. He's baptized in the Jordan. What happened? What came upon him? The Holy Spirit, like a dove, came upon him. Then, immediately after Jesus is baptized and the Holy Spirit comes upon him, where does he go? Into the wilderness for what? Testing for 40 days. And then in that wilderness testing, what? He stood fast uh, in, in the things of God and on the truths of God. And he came out, we're told, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then his fame spread and his ministry spread like crazy. So there was this being filled with the Holy Spirit, getting this intimacy of heart with God thing. Uh, then there was a testing, and then there was a power flowing out in his life uh, of the person of the Holy Spirit. So we folks understand, filled, testing, power. Filled, testing, power. That's supposed to be a progression that you and I experience. So now, look at how we should face off against COVID-19. We who are filled with the Holy Spirit should understand this is a testing time, Amen. We shouldn't be, oh, I wish for the good old days. I wish this would never have gone. And kind of looking back, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be saying, God, what are you doing in my life right now? And then think, Holy Spirit, come and fill me and endue me with power from on high. So we experience the power of God. Filled, testing, power. That is supposed to be something that we experience as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to protect ourselves from adversity. How many of you like to have troubles? Anybody like to have troubles in here? This last week for me was just a nightmare week. Anybody have weeks like that? I got my finger stuck in the door of all things. Slammed the car door on it. That was like, ouch, ouch. So that was kind of like, you know. And so then I'm working on my car in the garage on Saturday. I feel like shoes is an unnecessary accessory, so I never wear shoes. So I'm out there working on my car. Guess what I drop on my foot? A wrench. Boy, that hurts. Especially when it lands right on your toe. And, you know, so I'm hopping around. Ah, I should, should be one. So then not that, is that not bad enough? Later on that day, I caught my little toe on the side of a door. And I think I, it's all black and blue. So I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. And then I, I now those are minor problems. Okay, I understand. But I'm reading about what happened in Iowa. I'm going, are you serious? All that damage that hardly made the news? Everything's so enamored with COVID right now. We don't hear any other news. And all these people whose houses were leveled and all that acreage that was destroyed. Then, you know, right now, I don't know, you guys who farm, it's not really a good moment. It's kind of dry. You know, the crops are not probably going to yield what they're supposed to yield. And I got stung five times by hornets. has nothing to do with anything this year. I feel like, I tell my wife, I feel like this is a year of the pestilent. You know, and I tell her, I think we're in a judgment of God here. What's going on? You know, everything is kind of hard. It's hot. Uh, you know, yesterday it's just hot. When this is, I don't mind hot, but this is ridiculous. So, when you come to the end of yourself, right, you're supposed to understand you're filled with the Holy Spirit, 
These things are for testing. So you come out the other side relying upon the power of God. I have a proposal because I think we're going through some interesting times right now. I have a proposal for you. Approach trials this way with this attitude of warning. How is God going to use the situation? How will the power of the Holy Spirit be experienced in and through my life? Begin to have that wonderment cultivated in yourself. Cultivated in your children when they face some adversity uh, you know, because we try to spare ourselves from adversity. We try to protect our loved ones from adversity. But instead, maybe begin to ask your children to ponder that question. When their baby being rejected by friends, which is going to happen when they're little, or go through some issues, ask them, what do you think God is up to? What do you think he's trying to work in your life? Cultivate in them a wonderment of what God could be doing. Because remember, we're filled with the Holy Spirit and the way we experience the power of the Holy Spirit is how? Through some adversity and trials. And I think sometimes we short-circuit that process by trying to not go through anything that's hard. And oftentimes the hard things are for our spiritual good. And if we can have this holy wonderment, God, what are you doing and why are you doing it? I think we come out the other side of that than experiencing the power of God. Okay, I'm kind of like Pastor Ben. I speak fast. The more I get going, the more I speak fast. So let's take a breath. Because what I shared with you today could be the message. We could just stop here. Some of you are going, amen, just do that. We're not going to do that. But I want you to do a quick review with me where we've been thus far. Get this, get this, where we've been thus far. We're called to have a radical faithfulness in following after the Lord God. And we live in this fullness of time where we have the Holy Spirit filling us so we can experience true intimacy with God. Our hearts can truly be His. We can cry out, Abba, Father. We are supposed to understand we're filled with the person of the Holy Spirit. We're going to go through some testings like COVID-19 or whatever it might be so that we can come out the other side of this experiencing the power of, of the Holy Spirit. If you get those things that I just shared with you, you will never do your life the same. Amen? You will live life entirely differently. You'll have a different perspective. So now we're ready to move on to this next section from Galatians and continue to look at what it means to have this radical faithfulness. I'm going to go back to Galatians. I'm going to read verses 8 through 11. Listen to what it says. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. So here's how it summarizes. If you want to be a person of radical faithfulness, you'll get this. Hear this. Don't look back to your life before Jesus. For sure, don't do that. And long for the things that enslaved you. Don't look back and don't long for those former things that enslaved you. Don't do that. Don't look back. When you're in Christ Jesus... You have one direction you're supposed to look. Where's that, you think? Forward. You're not supposed to look back. The Galatians were looking back, and they were longing and trying to return to some former things, and they were putting their hope in rituals and some observances, and Paul sharply rebuked them here. said, don't do that. In the Old Testament, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah had come to this full-orbed wickedness, and God had decided to send... Uh, judgment upon them. But God, in his great mercy, sent an angelic visitation to Lot, the nephew of Abraham. And these angels come to Lot's household, and even as they showed up to Lot's household, the, the, it had gotten so bad that when the men of the city heard, out, heard that there were these visitors to Lot, they tried to come into the, into the house, to try to force themselves into the house to have relationships with, um, 
these visitors, these angelic visitors, and they were blinded by these angels. And the angels said to Lot, you need to go now and you need to take your family and get out of here because judgment's coming. And we know the story, some of us, don't we? Lot and his family uh, uh, fled, but what did Lot's wife do? She looked back. And that, that indicates more than just a glance back. She longingly looked back at the life that she was leaving behind her. She didn't want to leave that life. And God sent judgment upon her. And we know the story. She was turned to a pillar of salt. I want to tell you something. What I see going on right now, okay, I know what we're going through is hard. I whine with the best of you, amen? I don't like some of the stuff we're going back. But here's a word from the Lord. Just hear this. We're supposed to stop saying, I wish it was like it was six months ago. We're supposed to quit doing that. We're not supposed to look back and we're not supposed to say, I want that. We're supposed to press into the moment that God has us and look forward. What is God wanting to do now? And we're supposed to push into it. As the Apostle Paul says, I don't look behind me. I press into what God has for me. And I think the Christian community is sinning when we long for that. And we're not saying, God, what are you pushing us into? Amen? That's why I started this message by saying, I think we're in a movement of God. It maybe it's not the movement you and I would choose. I don't want this kind of movement. How about you? I want a great awakening movement. I want thousands of people. How about you? Maybe not, but that's what pastors always are told we're supposed to want. But you, you follow what I'm saying? And, 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 and I, I think we're going to go through some things, but what we have to do is press into God. Do you remember the song, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back? We're going to sing that right now as a declaration of faith before our God. So I want to encourage you to stand. If you're at home online, stand with us. Sing this song with us right now. Participate if you're online. And sing this as a dedication moment to the Lord. Decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. To follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I have 
And let's just pray that quickly. Lord God, I pray that each person here today would drive a stake in the ground and say, I'm not looking back anymore. I'm looking forward, Jesus. I've decided to follow you. There's no turning back. There's no going back. We can't even go back six months, Lord. And grace is with the perseverance and the conviction to step forward into the future that we have. Even though it's an unknown future, God, we know who you are. You're a known God to us. And we go into that future with great confidence in you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Go ahead and be seated, please. Um, One more point here on radical faithfulness that we're going to take away from Galatians 4 this morning. Listen to this scripture now from Galatians 4, verses 12 through 20. Listen to this. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcome me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I could testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? These people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in pains of childbirth until Christ has formed you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. Now, Paul notes that I, he came to the Galatians with some sort of illness, most likely some kind of eye thing, and they overlooked that and they received the message that he gave as though it was from Jesus Christ. This is a critical point. If you want to have radical faithfulness, this is a critical point. Hear what I'm about to share with you. God often speaks through a weak vessel. And hearing is more dependent on the recipient's openness to truth than the speaker's abilities. Did you hear that? Often what you receive is because you're open to hear it and willing to hear it. The Lord will use in our lives sometimes the most unlikely people to minister truth to us if we just have an openness to receive it. Do you have someone speaking to you right now in your life that's an un, you know, would be someone you say, well, that, would, would, I'd never expect that person to be able to speak something into my life, but they are. I like this about Pastor Aaron. I don't want to embarrass him, but this is a good thing to embarrass him about. Every week when we pray, almost without exception, in fact, I listened for it this morning. We pray before first hour. He'll pray something about opening up hearts to hear the word and be receptive to Jesus and not open up ears to hear. And you know what? That is a huge truth we have to understand. Frequently, it isn't dependent on the ability of the speaker or the person sharing to impart some truth to you. It's, are you willing to hear it? Are you open to hear it? Are you embracing God's truth? Radical faithfulness understands there has to be an openness to hearing the truth. It's 
extremely important. Paul commended the Galatians. When I first came to you, you know, I was an ill person. I wasn't that great or anything. And that's kind of what he's saying. But you receive me as though you receive Jesus Christ. And then he admonishes them. Return back to that. Do that once again. Once upon a time, there was a man who thought he was dead. His concerned wife and friends sent him to the neighborhood psychiatrist, which I didn't know such a thing existed. The psychiatrist determined to cure him by convincing him of one fact that contradicted his belief that he was dead. The psychiatrist decided to tell him or to show him that dead men don't bleed. So he put his patient through all kinds of reading materials on the fact that dead men don't believe. He had him watch autopsies and do some of that kind of stuff. After weeks of this, the patient said, all right, all right, all right. You've convinced me dead men don't believe. Whereupon the psychiatrist jabbed him with a needle and he began to bleed profusely out of his forearm. The dead man, or the, excuse me, the man looked down with a contorted kind of face at the, bleed, at the blood oozing from his forearm, and he said, good grief, dead men do bleed. <laughs> That's so stupid, but it makes a good point. He wasn't willing what? To receive truth. And no amount of instruction or ingenuity or anything could get this guy convinced that he wasn't dead. Listen, you can harden yourself to the things of God. You can close yourself off to the things of God. And I want to encourage you this morning or this day, uh, and at home, I'm saying the same thing to you. Open yourself up to the things of God. Be real receptive. Pray for an open heart and pray for ears to hear the things of God. On the other hand, hear this warning. Watch out. Watch out for people who are eager to lead you astray. You should close them off. You should open yourself up to the Holy Spirit and to truth from God. But you also need to close yourself off from ungodly sources. And this is what Paul was saying to the Galatians. You're listening to the wrong people, and they're going to lead you astray. They're going to lead you away from Christ. Um, We're supposed to watch out for such ones. I want to tell you something today. Turn off the news. Amen? Hear enough to know what's going on and then turn it off. Don't let it dictate your mood and your life. Quit listening to all these sources and all this. Turn instead to the truth bearer of all time, the Lord Jesus Christ. And let his peace penetrate your soul and bring comfort in these times. We're going to go to one last thing here in the book of Galatians. I'm going to wrap it up real quick here. If you were to read the rest of Galatians 4, which I'm not going to do, you would see that there is um, the story told of Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. And um, God had promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a child in their old age, a child of promise. Well, that promise was long in coming. So Sarah and Abraham took matters into their own hand, and they decided to use Hagar Sarah's handmaiden, and have a child through, through her with Abraham. And, and Paul in Galatians compares these two um, methodologies, and he calls one the flesh and the other the spirit, and they war with each other. And if you know the story of Hagar and, and, and Sarah, you know that Hagar had Ishmael, uh, the son of flesh, that's what, what they're called here in, in Galatians. And then Sarah had Isaac, the son of promise. And those two people groups have what? 
warred ever since against each other. And Paul said, figuratively, I, I, I'm speaking here, but the flesh wars against the spirit. And there's a couple of takeaways that we can, can come to here that are good for us to, to, to just think about, meditate on here as I wrap up today. Uh, and the first one is this. When you try to force a move of God by human manipulation, you're going to short circuit what God's up to in your life, uh, leading usually to an undesired result. Amen? When you try to force a move of God, when you try to manipulate a move of God, and you don't patiently wait on God and seek God and, and ask what he's trying to do, oftentimes you're going to get an undesired result. The moment we're living in right now, I see a lot of people trying to man- manipulate us out of this thing that we're going through right now. Church, you hearing me? We need to instead say, God, grace us with the patience to endure what you've called us to go through. Help us come out the other side of this thing more in love with Jesus than ever, more dependent on him than ever. Ishmael has warred with Isaac to today. And it shows you what happens when we try to take things into our own hands and we don't just wait on God. And lastly, this is the last point. You are to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, trusting and relying on the promises of God. And Paul says, don't rely on the flesh, rely on the Spirit. So what I want to do today is end differently. I want to end by just reciting to you some promises that I think are really applicable to the times we find ourselves in. And I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would empower you with these promises, that you would rely on these promises and that you would rely on the person of the Holy Spirit to make these promises something that you really truly experience. Listen to these promises now. First one is this. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen? And I pray, Holy Spirit, make that a promise that we're reliant upon. Second one, listen to this. Jesus said this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So no matter what we're going through, what's going to happen, Jesus is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Holy Spirit, make that something we're reliant on. I like this one. This is one of my favorites. Jesus said this. In this world, we'll have troubles. Can you say amen? Amen. In this world, we'll have troubles. But take heart, Jesus said, promised, I've overcome this world. How about this one? This is another one of my favorites. God is working all things for good. That, that means for conformity to the image of Jesus Christ. Good means conformity to the image of Jesus Christ. God's working all things for conformity to Jesus Christ for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. I like this one. I quote this one to myself frequently. I can do all things through my God who strengthens me. Whatever I have to endure in my life, whatever I have to go through in my life, my God will strengthen me for that moment. He will grace me and equip me for that moment. Amen? How about this one? Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity for the days we live in are evil. Amen? I watch the news sometimes, and I go, oh my goodness. What new depravity can we come up with today? It just is repulsive at times. Amen? And then I think of this scripture. Live wise for the days we find ourselves in are evil. This is one that I have to tell myself a lot because I didn't have the greatest growing up kind of thing and I have a little bit of disconnection, disassociation that occurs in my life at times. Here's one that I love personally. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Nothing. How about this one? Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. 
And lastly, Jesus said, I'm over all things and all things I hold. I'm, I'll say it right. Jesus is over all things and in all things he holds it together. I still didn't say that right, but you know what I'm saying. Close enough. So you can experience radical faithfulness in your life by holding on to these kind of promises and counting on the Holy Spirit to make them a reality in you. Amen? And we're going to come out the other side of whatever we go through looking more like Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads? Lord God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for this Galatians 4, uh, uh, chapter 4 uh, of the Bible. It's so powerful, Lord. And I want to pray that we truly would be ones, um, Lord God, who understand the times we live in. Wow, we live in great times. And thank you that you've sent the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, fill us anew. And I pray, Lord, that as we go through testings, that we'd be reliant upon the person of the Holy Spirit and we come out the other side of those testings, Lord, uh, experiencing the power that you intend us to experience. Thank you, Jesus Christ, that uh, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You change it not. And I'm so glad for that consistency in my life, Lord, and in the life of the church, Lord. God, I, I just pray that we as followers, uh, Lord, would never look back. We never long for the former days. Uh, God, I see some of the most miserable people uh, that I know, Lord, are ones who have come and they've tasted and they've seen that you're good, but then they've tried to go back to their former life. And it's just a miserable thing. Lord, I pray we never look back. We always push on in you, Lord, our Lord Jesus, and, and seeking to do your will in the times we find ourselves in, Lord God. And I just want to thank you, Lord, um, that you have left us with the person of the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts today. And so as I close out today, Holy Spirit, I pray for just a fresh washing over us and a fresh filling that we truly would love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, God. Thank you for the people of Grace Point. God, and, and do them with power from on high, I pray. In your name, Jesus, and all God's people said,